people get caught up like I'm tired, I'm angry, I don't feel good, I'm stressed out. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, are you only gonna do what you're supposed to do when you feel good or are you willing to do things even when you don't? And that's what I think is the difference between successful people, ultra successful and everybody else. Makes sense. So I've been like following a journey for quite some time. Like I remember maybe it was like a year and a half ago, two years, I would keep seeing your ads just pop up again and again and again. And yeah. I started sort of searching you up, listening to all your podcasts, <laughs> learn about your whole journey about how, and you had a really relatable journey, the whole journey of doing a bunch of courses, trying a bunch of webinars, doing what everyone teaches and it not working, you having to come up with your sort of own method of sort of SMS messenger sort of sales and that whole yep. process. It was just a relatable journey because everyone's gone through a bunch of courses and followed yeah. exactly what the course taught and it didn't get the results. And it was just right. a, such a crazy journey you've been through. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely been crazy, but uh, you know, looking back, it's been worth it for sure. But it's been crazy. How many years in are you now into entrepreneurship? And Dude, uh, so I technically I say it's five because I didn't really start making money till I was 25. I started trying, or I guess I started learning. I don't think I was really trying to make money, but I was learning about business around like 23. So I'm 30 now. So, you know, you could say it's like seven years total, but really it's like, I say, tw I say five, cause that's really when my business started and I started to actually make money. Um, from 23 to 25, it was just like anything you could think of. I got like a college crafts course in, uh, internet marketing, but it was obviously, I learned way more in those two years than I ever did before that, like way more. And then when do you think you started just like peaking and things just exponentially grew? Has that been in the last few years or? No, so it happened pretty fast. So I went zero to a million the first year and it was a fitness offer. And I basically did everything myself. I was working like 16, 18 hours a day. And uh, you can ask my parents, like I wouldn't see my parents for like three months and I was living like in a little bedroom in their house. I paid them like a thousand bucks a month. And then the next year we went to 10 million. So my biggest year actually, like in terms of growth in a year was one to 10, that was crazy. And it was just because just a lot of things happened at once. Like we had a higher priced offer. I started building my team. I can move a lot faster. We started pushing on the ads really hard that was like right before COVID too. I don't know. It was just like, it was just perfect timing. And I had a really unique method at the time. And that's kind of, that's the one downside with internet marketing is like, I see the cycles now. So right when I went to 10 million in a year, that's when I started kind of like messaging system. And it was brand new because I was like, Facebook just barely rolled out like many chat and you could do messenger ads. It was very, very new. And so I just was crushing it. Um, and then the next year we did 15 and then, uh, we've kind of gone up from there. So if you minus the first year, you know, we probably did, you know, 40 million in three years. And then we did 50, we did 50 in about four, but like the first year, like set us way back because, you know, we only did a million, <laughs> but yeah, so it was pretty fast after that. So, uh, you know, I guess it's relative though. Cause obviously I did a lot of stuff before that, but once the money started actually coming in, it went very fast. That's crazy. Did, how did you scale so fast without things breaking? Like 
How did you go from like one to 10 without fat, like Facebook ads shutting down, payment gateway shutting down, many chat maybe sending you some restrictions, like so many things could break. How did you go so fast without breaking anything? Yeah, I mean, I think stuff did happen, but I don't think there was anything that was like, you know, so bad it was gonna shut the business down. And dude, I just was working insane hours. And, and so, you know, a lot of people actually did a post today and people get butt hurt about some of the stuff I say, but I just, I just think a lot of people are soft and that may not be popular opinion or like politically correct, but like a lot of people are not willing to work 16 hours a day, but I could beat them. And, you know, they'll say, oh yeah, but you know, laws of diminishing return, this and that. It's like, it's to me, it's like the guys who talk about overtraining and they don't even go to the gym or they go to the gym like twice a week. I'm like, bro, you're not overtraining. Like you don't even look like you work out. Um, so that's maybe not the politically correct thing to say, but I think it's the truth. And so between that and then I just had my brothers and I had a few close people next to me that I didn't have to spend a lot of time training. You know, like my brothers, I was just like, hey, I need your help, like figure it out. Like, I don't have time to train you. Just like come in and like deliver the service. Like here's like, here's like an SOP and like good luck. And I even think the SOP was that good. So I just, there was a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work. And uh, I think a lot of people, they don't, they kind of don't understand how far you can push the human body um, until they do it. And I pushed it pretty much to the brink. Like I was, I was like ex under extreme stress, very unhealthy. Like I started losing hair for a while because I was so stressed out, but I don't know, man, when you're running away from pain and you really are willing to do anything, you'd be surprised at like what you can do. It's actually pretty incredible. What's your workload like nowadays? It's different. So I still work a lot, but I enjoy it, but it's very tactical. Or I should not, not even tactical, it's more, it's like strategic. So I get on calls and I'm making sure my team's doing what they're supposed to do. And then I'm, it's almost like, I'm just like the visionary now. Like it's extremely like, okay, I want us to do this, like execute. Um, because it gets to a point where you realize that at least I did that. Let's say I did sales calls all day and I closed hundred percent. Well, even if I close eight calls a day, the size our business is at now, it doesn't really help. It's not going to make a difference. It's like, oh, you made an extra million dollars this year. It's like, who cares? Like it does, it's like, it's irrelevant. So a lot of my time now is building the team. I do interviews, I'll uh, do strategic like preparations or like, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Um, I'm, at, I'm now making a huge push for my personal brand. So like today I spent like four hours doing a YouTube homework I was given. Uh, and I'm basically going through and like, my homework is to watch like a ton of videos. So, you know, if a video is 10 minutes and you watch it on 2X speed, you know, you still can only get 12 videos in an hour. So uh, it's a lot more like strategic stuff uh, where you're kind of just like the general and you're moving players around the board versus you're actually in the game, you know? So I, it's, it's definitely less stressful. I'll say that, um, when you're doing tasks, it, it's really hard on your system, especially if you're talking to like customers and clients. Uh, but it's just a different type of hard, I guess it's, you know, but I, I enjoy it. It's, it's different, but I enjoy it. When you sort of pivot towards this sort of more sort of bigger picture sort of position where you're sort of just having ideas, hey, can you do this, this, and this? Yeah. Do you find that you have to sort of go in and sort of 
critique every like, hey, launch this funnel. Hey, I want a change with these TikTok videos. Hey, I want you to implement this for the YouTube. You send it out. And then now you have to come back to these three things and check to see if it's correct. Oh, actually, you didn't do it correctly. I meant it this way. And then eventually you just have like 20, 30 things that have been stacking up and revisions. And all of a sudden now you're sort of, it feels like you're just working all day. Does that ever yeah. happen? Not, not anymore, but again, it depends on the size of the company. So one of the reasons I'm so big on people making a shit ton of money is because until you do, you're not able to actually hire properly. So most people are managing the managers, or excuse me, not managing the managers, they're managing their team. So for what you just said is a perfect example. I tell this guy to do something, then I have to go check his work. And then this person, I check his work. What I have is I have the team then I have managers and then I'm here. So I'm actually checking on the managers who check on their work. So I only talk to one person, maybe two, depending on how many managers, and then the managers do it. So I basically say, hey, why is this not done? Go fix it. And then they do it. So it's a lot faster conversation and it saves you a lot of time, but you gotta be making a lot of money. Cause if you're not, you can't pay all those people. And that's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs fail is they basically become self-employed because they never grow the revenue big enough to actually hire a really good team. And it's it's expensive. If you want top talent and you want them to work hard, uh, you know, I did a Facebook post today and I said, you know, someone gets on a call and they say they want life worth balance. I won't, I'll just end the interview. And everyone's like, oh, that's, uh, you shouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is like, if I'm paying someone 15 or $20,000 a month, I can get whoever the hell I want. Why would I want someone who wants work-life balance when I can get someone who's like, all I want to do is work for the company and make it grow and make money? That's the way I do it. So uh, where I'm at now, back to your question is like, I don't have to do that, but that's only because the company's big enough to where I can delegate to managers and then the managers make sure the work's being done. God. So Now the managers that you're hiring, are they sort of, have they sort of, climb the ranks from the ground up or do you sort of just hire managers top down from companies yeah it's both so it's crazy but my two top sales guys started at eight bucks an hour and they now make 20 30 grand a month so that's actually crazy my COO, my coo came in as a youtube media buyer and then i moved him into coo so it happens i prefer like if you can hire from within it's better from the standpoint of you know you can trust them. Um, the downside is sometimes the experience is not there. So there's pros and cons. For some positions now, I will find experience. So like, if I'm gonna find a media buyer now, I'll go out and find someone who's been media buying for five to six years. I don't wanna train someone how to do it because it's a huge time suck and a time waste. Uh, but some positions like a setter, like I'd rather have a setter who's worked in my company and promote them because they understand my system. If I bring out some, if I bring someone in who's been a setter, but they don't understand my system, it could slow us down. So hopefully that kind of makes sense. So it's a both, but it, like, I'll put it this way. When you hire, you want to hire for two things, culture fit and then experience. So I'll take a culture fit over experience, meaning they have the right attitude and the right values. But in a perfect world, the best people on your team are a culture fit and they have experience. Um, and the reason is you don't have to spend so much time training them. Any like when you start a company, you can't afford top talent. So you have to bring in beginners and you have to spend a lot of time to train them. As the company gets bigger, you'll move faster by just taking experience and plugging them right in.
Does that make sense? Makes sense. Are you, is the team at a point where literally if you have a new funnel idea, a new sales process, you can be like, hey, this is the idea, go ahead and build out this whole yeah. funnel. Correct, yeah. So at this point, I just come up with the idea and my team executes and I, I'm a true visionary now. So it, ta- it took a while to get here, uh, but even like we have a CEO who's stepping in place for me in the next like what, three weeks and I'll just be strictly the owner and like think of me as like a board of advisors. So I'll just sit in on calls uh, here and there. I'll listen, I'll make sure I know what's going on. I'll give instructions, that's it. But I'm not doing any of the day-to-day tasks or anything like that. Do you have ever anxiety where like, let's say you had 10 ideas, you're pretty confident that you, if you went ahead and did it on your own, three out of the 10 could turn into something and show promise. But if you sort of just gave the 10 ideas to your team member, one out of the 10 ideas would work just because they can't execute it to your level of sort of, you have the eye for everything. That's a good question. So yes, I mean, yes and no, but I think the key thing is you, you have to start figuring out what's the highest opportunity vehicle. So like, I'll give you an example. So like my company now elite CEOs, it's done about 50 million in sales, does anywhere between 15 to 20 million a year. I think it'll get to 30, 40 million with some stuff we're implementing, but It's like, do I think it can get to 100 or 500 million a year? No, I don't. Just from the nature of the offer, the internet marketing space, et cetera. So if I had three, let's say I had three ideas, the one I would focus on is the one that's the biggest, and then I'd give the other ideas to someone else. And yeah, like to your point, maybe they couldn't do it as well, but as you start to accumulate wealth and you have different things you do, the goal is like, if I can get someone to do it 80% as good as me, right? So let's say just easy numbers. Let's say they can get it to 800,000 and I could do a million. It doesn't really matter, right? It, and and it, it does at first, but as you start compounding wealth and you know, you're talking about millions of dollars, it doesn't really matter that much and you get your time back. So what I'm doing now is in the next month, I essentially could work 15 minutes a day and make six figure paychecks every month, multiple six. So for me, it's like, I have all my time back. I can spend it any way I want on the next business. And I still make multiple six figures a month. That's like best case scenario. So I have a cash flow business. The internet marketing is my cash flow. And then I take that cash flow and I can deploy it any way I want into the next big idea. And that's that's like the next thing I do, I think is gonna be the thing that I'm going to make sure has a nine or 10 figure ceiling. Like it can get really freaking big. Um, so to, to your question, I mean, yes, but you just have to focus on like the biggest vehicle. And that's what took me a long time because incrementally in internet marketing, once you kind of get past eight figures, you have to put in so much more effort for such a little bit more of a reward. So like to go from like 15 to 17 million or 17 to 20 million, Once you're doing those kinds of numbers, it doesn't really matter. But if I could get in a vehicle that can go from 15 to 150 million, well, that's more you, it's, that's a better use of my time than putting my time into this other idea that has a smaller ceiling. That's kind of how I view it now. In the internet marketing space, do things always break? Like is Facebook always trying to squeeze your margin and eventually the numbers no longer work as, I don't know, CPMs increase or sort of people get used to that funnel or more people, more competitors come in and you're constantly having to 
rebuild it every six yeah. months. Is that a thing? Yeah. So think of it this way. This is like, I've actually seen this cycle because I've been in it five years. So when I came into the space in coaching, every competitor I've had, so year one to now, every competitor I had is gone except one, every single one that's doing significant amounts of money. So let's say a million a month, right? Because there's other people, but it's like, they're not doing as big enough revenue. So what happens is eventually with internet marketing to get an advantage because it's similar structures like coaching, right? Like no matter what you do, it's to, to an extent, it's going to be similar. So what happens is the way you get an advantage in the coaching space or internet marketing is you have a unique mechanism. So check my, so check out what I did. I came in, many chat came out. And as soon as it came out, I went one to 10 million in a year because no one was teaching that process. At least I didn't see it. Like I, I really didn't see anyone else doing it. What happens those internet marketers after one to two years, they all start copying each other. And so what happens is once they copy, the only way to get more market share again is you have to innovate, but then it's like, whatever you innovate into next usually isn't as good as the first thing, right? Cause the first thing you did is what got you so big. So the, so it's, it gets harder and harder to grow because by nature, it's an easier, it's an easier vehicle to get into, right? Like there's not, it's not like tech, like you don't have to build anything. It's like, if you want to start a coaching business tomorrow, you could do it. So everyone copies each other and then it gets harder and harder to get market share. And then what happens is typically, and you, you even saw me with this, I was only doing trainers and then to get more market share, I had to go into general. And then basically you just have all these general business coaches competing with each other. And so it makes it harder and harder to scale. And that's why there's like a ceiling and you don't see a lot of internet marketing companies, like, especially like coaching type offers that get past 2 million a month and very rarely three. It's just the nature of the offer, but you'll see tech companies or you'll see direct to consumer brands get way bigger all the time uh, because just the nature of what it is. The other thing with internet marketing is just, it does have a little bit of a negative connotation, right? So people are like, oh, it's kind of scammy. Oh, like, am I gonna get what I paid for? When someone orders Uber, you know, or they buy Chipotle, they're not worried they're gonna get scammed. They're just like, I'm paying for a product. The value is obvious. So unfortunately, just because one of the benefits of business is there's very low barrier to entry, but one of the cons is when there's low barrier to entry, you get a lot of bad people. And so it's the 80-20 rule. So if 80% of the coaches are bad or not good, then a lot of people are gonna start feeling that way overall. So th there's just a lot of things that work against you. And that's why as I've matured and gotten older and I've been in this space a long time, I've realized like for me to get to the next level that I wanna go to, it makes more sense for me to put in management and step out than to keep trying to get a little bit more profit every year because that's not going to get me to you know nine or ten figures that's just my personal opinion got it yeah because that's one thing i've noticed like over the last four to five years so like one of the things i tried like spent a whole year i think maybe it was like 2021 trying to figure out was cold traffic I was, yeah. it was just so hard. I could not crack. Like I, I gave up, I got burnt out. Like I built, I had appointment setters, salespeople, had a phone call funnel. We like ran, we collected phone numbers, $5 a phone number, 400 phone numbers, maybe 80 would pick up out of 80, 20 is qualified. Out of 28 yeah. would show up to the sales call and we'll maybe close one or two and things just kept breaking. It was so difficult. And I Super think hard. you were like, you're the only one like you and grant cardone are like the only guys that are still advertising cold traffic just reaching everyone like ty lopez sam ovens like all the big guys like they've sort of 
gone off like it's just it just wasn't profitable profitable for them like how did you survive this long and how are you still running ads yeah so i don't know i wouldn't say it's not profitable for them like for you know sam ovens really kind of just pivoted so he doesn't sell as much he's really focused on school which is a software play which i just think he thinks it has a higher ceiling ty lopez is doing a bunch of stuff so i can't really speak for him but I mean, for me personally, it just comes down to like your, your follow-up processes have to be really good, really good. And there's just a lot of ways it can break. Like your ad may not be good and then they click on the ad and your follow-up system's not good, right? You're not messaging, you're not texting, your sales rep calls, he says something weird, then they get to the sales call, the sales rep can mess it up, they don't show, you don't have emails going out. There's just a lot of stuff. But what I can tell you that I've done probably better than anyone else. And I think it's part of why we've done so well, especially in a red ocean. Like I didn't realize when I got in the coaching space, like what I was getting into, like, I was like, oh, this is gonna be so easy. Like, and it, and it was to an extent and it has been, but there's a lot more competition in the space I'm in now than other stuff I could have picked way more competition. And so the one thing that I think has kept us going and why we've stuck around and we're going to keep sticking around is we just have such good follow-up systems, such good follow-up systems. And then on the back end, you know, it's been five years. So our fulfillments got better and better and better. So we resign a very high majority of our clients. And when you're getting a lot of resigns, it makes the business more stable for the long haul because you don't, if you have a bad month of ads, or something happens, you're not like, oh my gosh, like we're going out of business. You have this recurring revenue from your clients who are continuing to upgrade. And so I think it's a mix, but definitely in the beginning, it was our follow-up. Like we hit our leads harder than anyone. If we get 5,000 leads in a day, we'll message 5,000 leads in a day, like one, one by one. And there's just not a lot of companies that can either A, handle that volume or B, they'll do it, right? It's just... It's just hard. And so when you scale unscalable things, that gives you automatically a competitive advantage. Your appointment setters, your salespeople, are they commission only or do they have like a base salary? Yeah, so our sales reps are commission only. So 10% of sales. The appointment setters are usually hourly plus uh, bonuses. So, and the bonuses are based on calls they set that close, right? Because we want to incentivize them to book good calls. Um, so typically like, and it depends on how you define a setter. Some setters message and call. Some setters just message, some just call. Like for ours, mostly what they're doing is they're messaging. So they set calls via DMs. And so they usually get paid anywhere between 18 plus an hour um, and they're Canadian. So the, the benefit of someone being from Canada is the US dollar is a lot stronger in Canada. So 10 bucks in the US, is like 14 or 13 in Canada. So if I pay someone $18 US, that's like 22 or 23 in Canada. So that's like a really good wage to be sitting at home and like messaging people. Do you think the days of running ads, collecting leads, paying $10, $5 per message per number, are those days like over? Like it seems like everyone's moving towards the building the brand, creating content, TikTok, YouTube, it seems like there's a shift, like Alex Hamozi or Iman Gudz is killing it just off organic traffic. Like I don't think he runs any ads. Is there a shift? Do you feel that or? Uh, not really, not not for the majority, uh, definitely for a few. So like, I'm really good friends with Alex. Alex is like obviously blown up. And I think like, obviously he has a great story. You know, he's a nine figure net worth. So like, 
He's also great at speaking. So I think all those things came together. Uh, I think for most people, like unless you build a very big following early on, so like a Logan Paul, Jake Paul, you know, big influencer, the best bet, the best bet, excuse me, is to actually just do direct response. Cause like Gary Vee will always say, oh yeah, you should post a hundred times a day and this and this and this. But the problem is, is like, if you're not making any money, like how's that gonna work? You're gonna shoot all of it. You're gonna edit all of it. You're gonna post all of it. You're gonna do cat, like you don't have time. And then because you don't have a following, three people see it. So you're seeing me, like I'm going the same direction now as well as Alex, but I have nine editors on staff. I have a full-time executive creative director and I'm a videographer. And the reason I'm doing it is that in the long run, it pays off. So it's, it's short term, you lose a lot of money or you don't make any. But if I can do this for the next 10 years and take it seriously, the goal is that if I build the brand, everything I attach my name to becomes more valuable. That's why Grant Cardone, people want to work with him because everything Grant promotes does super well because he has a huge following. Or like you saw Kylie Jenner, Conor McGregor, Dwayne Johnson. I mean, they become billionaires from their tequila and whiskey because they're big names, right? So I think for the average person, it's a bad move. I don't think that's a good move for most people, but yeah, if you've made money and you have money and you have the team, I think if you don't start now in the next 10 years, you'll be behind the ball because people are moving very heavy to content. And it's actually crazy. Content's only been around, like the internet was what, been around like 30 years. And content, YouTube only came out, what, like 15-ish years ago? So it's still very new, uh, but it's starting to like really show the people who have big followings. Like there's two guys I saw today. They're like 21, 22. Guys named like Imman Godzi. And there's like another guy like Sebastian something. I guarantee, I don't know how much they're making, but I bet you their profit is way higher because they're making so much organically. And I don't think their business acumen is quite at the level that say mine is or someone else, but that's just because they're young, but they're able to get away with a lot more because they have that branding. And so they get a lot of this free traffic. So uh, maybe it was a bad answer to your question, but I think for most people, no, they still should start with direct response. If you somehow are able to pull off a big audience quickly, then yeah, leverage it. Uh, but it's a lot harder for most people to build a big audience than it is to learn how to make sales and run ads and like do a direct response company. That's that's at least my opinion. The whole reason I've worked uh, on building a company and ran ads is because I tried to build a following. I was like, man, this is super hard. Like I'm spending all this time shooting content. And, like I don't have millions of followers, so I'm just going to do this instead and forget that. That's kind of like what my path was. Do you think like, how would you go about direct response at low scale? Let's say someone just wants to make 10, 20 K per month with direct response. Like, it feels like there's so many places I could break from like not having a good enough Instagram profile that looks professional, getting like, you can only DM like 20 people a day. And then you might yeah. like, you have to message everyone like a lot. And then you might get one sales call that you won't even close. Like, how would you right. even do direct response at low scale? Yeah, so I mean, if you really only wanted to make 10K a month, uh, let's just say you're gonna sell a $5,000 program, I would do it like this. So here's here's actually how I made a million dollars in a year. So I had my Instagram, I stopped posting altogether. Before I stopped posting, I made sure that you know, the top nine posts looked good. Like they, were, they just looked as good as they could be. I had a link in my bio. It's like, here's what I do, blah, blah, that was it. Then from there, I did one of two things, right? three things. 
So from there, I did either a uh, low amount of Facebook spend, so very low, like, I mean, it'd be a hundred bucks a day type deal, very low. I would do like a, what's called an IG shout out, right? So I'd pay a page and they promote me. Um, and then those people who would come in, I would message them or I would do cold DM, right? So cold DM is obviously you reach out. It doesn't matter which of those you do. The only benefit to paid ads is it takes out a lot of steps because they're clicking. And once they click, you can immediately go in and say, how can I help? Versus with the cold DM, you have to act interested, right? Like, oh, hey, you have a great car. Kids are so cute, you know, whatever. So it makes the process longer. But let's just say we do cold DMs, right? Let's say someone's like, I don't know how to run ads. I don't have any money. It just It's just having the proper expectations, right? So, you know, guys all the time when they talk to girls or they try to talk to girls, they're like, well, I don't want to talk to cute girls because they're going to say no. It's like, okay, but so what? If you ask out a hundred tens and you get three to say yes, would you be happy with that? They're like, well, yeah. It's like, okay, so that means you got 97 no's. So if you're reaching out cold DM, understand that if you have good skill, you'll probably send out a hundred messages, 30 will see it, okay? Maybe you'll book, you know, 10 calls, five, not even, maybe five to 10 calls, maybe less, probably like three to five, you'll close one. And that's if you're good, right? Because just a lot of people don't see it. So let's say you suck. Well, the problem is a lot of people do suck. So when they send 100 messages, 30 see it, but then they only book one call, but you need five calls to make a sale. So they're so they have to send five times the amount of messages and they're not willing to. But like to be quite frank, it's not that hard. Like if I spent five hours a day and each hour I sent 20 messages, that's 100 a day, that's 700 a week, that's almost 3000 a month. You think you can make 10 grand? Probably. But people just don't want to hear that, right? People want get quick, uh, get rich quick, instant gratification. They don't want to learn any skills. That like it's actually hilarious if you think about it that someone would rather like do an intense physical labor job than just use their phone and message a few people. And for me, I came from door to door sales, so I was like, okay, so all I have to do is like message people on my phone. Oh, okay, I'll do it. And I would do it all day long. I just think a lot of people, I don't know what it is, but they're just soft, man. I mean, I, I, I wish there was another word to say, but they're just soft and they think everything should be handed to them and they don't have to do any work. And I just wasn't raised that way. So I don't resonate at all. Now, how hard, like, isn't it really difficult to go convert cold DM or cold Facebook message swipe ups to convince yeah. them to buy a $5,000 product? Like I remember something we tried with one of our female sort of fashion brands. We like DM'd a bunch of comments on Fashion Nova Instagram pages, Kylie Jenner pages. Hey, we saw that you're into this. We have a similar dress. Here's the link to it. Here's a and it's like a $50 product. I think we DM like 200 people and it didn't work. Like no one purchased the 200 freaking dollar product. So how sure. do you do that with a $5,000 product? Well, that, that's the irony. That's a great question. So that, what's interesting about that is when people hear that they're like oh well it should be way easier to sell a 50 dollars product than it is a 5000 but it's not and the reason for that is one you can't afford to get on the phone with someone for 50 bucks it's not worth your time so you're sending all these messages but you're hoping people will buy just from your message which is actually way harder than getting someone on a phone call so that's number one right once you get someone on a phone call 
it's a lot easier to fight their objections. And then it's it's easier to sell a higher price package because there's more perceived value. So it's weird, but if you spend an hour on the phone with someone and you charge five grand, the perceived value is much higher to them than if it's 50 bucks. Like if you go on the phone with someone for an hour for $50, they probably think you're weird. They're like, well, wait, like why are you spending so much time trying to sell me this? So it's just a simple fact. One is if you can get someone on the phone, it's far easier. And then two, because it's a higher price package, you don't have to sell as many. And so, you know, one $5,000 deal, you're there. Like you're at your goal versus with that $50 dress you were trying to sell, you have to sell literally like a hundred of them to even feel like you made any money. And the, you just, you can't scale low ticket typically without a massive following or you're running a lot of ads. And so that's why I'm such a proponent for high ticket, because if you don't have skill and you don't have a lot of followers, selling low ticket is a suicide mission. Like it's not going to work. The amount of volume you need, it's not, you're not able to pull it off. And that, and that's actually just so you know, that was my story. So the first two years of business, I made two grand selling a $47 program. And then I switched to high ticket and I made a million, then 10, then 15, then 20, you know? So it just completely changed my life just by like changing the price. That's all I did was just same product pretty much, just this to there. And then I gave them more access. That was a basically the same product. Wow. How do you stay so driven and motivated even though you've achieved like a lot of your goals like, how do you still stay hungry and motivated each day? Yeah, so at first I wasn't. Uh, I got really depressed and I got really low because like, I don't know, if whatever your goal is, for me, it was to hit a million a month. And I told myself, I said, man, if I can hit a million a month, like, that's all I have to, like, I'll be, I've made it, right? Like, I'm an absolute God, right, in my mind. And then I hit it and I didn't feel any different. And I remember when that happened, I was like, what, what do I do now? And so I just went through a lot of like, you know, personal discovery. And for me, I came to the conclusion that, you know, what a lot of what we do doesn't matter and it, and it doesn't have to matter, right? Like if you think about what we wear, like what you and me are wearing right now, what we're talking about, what's in my house, what I buy, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Right. But if it matters to you, that's all that's important. And so I, audited myself. I said, you know, why do I want to build a business now? Like, do I, do I like this? And I just came to the conclusion. I like building businesses. And then the most important conclusion is that I enjoy becoming the person that I need to be to get to the next level. And what I mean by that is the person you have to become to hit a million a month. And then let's say 10 million a month and then a hundred million. Like you have to change, you have to learn leadership skills, you have to learn patience, discipline, consistency, competitive greatness, like all these things. And that is the reward. And so we're told by society and when we're growing up that the reward is wealth, but it's a lie because once you have enough money to pay for whatever you want, you realize it's actually not as cool as you thought it would be. Like it's really not, right? Like I can pretty much do whatever I want outside of like a bigger house, bigger yacht, bigger car, right? That's the difference in wealth. It's just who has a bigger boat, house, car, that's it. Like helicopter, jet, everything else. If you make, you know, I'd say max, like if you're just spending crazily and recklessly, one to two million a year, max, like what, what are you buying? Like what else do you need, right? If you went to dinner every day, seven days a week, it's just like, you don't need that much money. So for me, it was realizing it's about the personal growth. 
And I just genuinely enjoy growing companies. I like building teams. Like I'm passionate about it. I feel like I'm progressing in life. And I think the people at the top, that's honestly a similarity you'll see because otherwise there's no point to continue and you'll just stop. And that's just the truth. Do you go through ups and downs? Like for example, I've been sort of auditing my sort of cycle and yours might be just much bigger, but like I would go on like two or three week sprints, get a lot done. And then by the end of it, I might watch a movie that one night, sleep late and it snowballs into this slump that lasts for a month. By the end of the slump, I'm like, I'm sick of this. I'm not happy. I have this routine I follow that I know gets me back on track. Like I'm going to start getting back on this, go through another one. It feels like I keep relapsing. I keep getting really healthy, everything's straight. And then I relapse. And then I don't know if that keeps getting better and better over time. And eventually I don't relapse anymore, but what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I try to audit like why you feel like you're falling into that. Like, are you tired? Are you not enjoying what you do? You know, I, I personally, I haven't had that happen to that degree. I'll have times where maybe let's say I sometimes read a book and instead I'll watch Netflix maybe for an hour. But I actually find if I take too many days off, I actually get bored because I enjoy it. Right. So I think the thing you have to ask yourself and audit is, do you enjoy it? And there's no right or wrong way to live life. That's the thing I've learned. People get very offended when I post my opinions because they view the world a different way. And I'm like, great, we'll do it your way. But this way is how I got to where I'm at. Right. And I just tell people, I, I don't think you can argue with results. Like it makes no sense to me to argue with someone who's ahead of you. Like, why would I argue with Elon Musk? He's be he's beating me. So if he says something to me, it's like, you should listen and shut up. Right. So I just think going back to what you said though, is like, it's not right or wrong what you're doing, but if you feel like, I don't like this, I don't enjoy this. Why are you having to take so much time off? And I would ask yourself that. And maybe the answer for you is, Hey, I don't need to work as much as Tanner. Maybe I just need to work this many hours, or maybe I need to change the business I'm working on, or maybe I'm just burnt out because I'm doing too much stuff and I need to hire an employee. It could be a million things, but I think you have to audit yourself. For me, I got like, I enjoy work and I just realized I enjoyed work. And so if I take too much time off, I just like get bored because I like it. Like I genuinely do. And I just became okay with that. Cause at first people, they'll look at you and they'll say, you're weird, right? They'll say like, oh, well, like, why can't you take time off? Like, why, why can't you go out this and that? But to the same degree, it's not right for me to tell you like, well, like what's wrong with you? Like, why can't you work longer? Why do you need so much time off? So I just think it's a personal thing. You just have to audit it and just be super honest with yourself and don't compare yourself to anyone else. Cause dude, at, at the end of the day, it just doesn't matter. Like no one's, no one cares how much money you make or don't make or like what you accomplish. Um, Betty White is a great example because she died recently. No one talks about her anymore, right? Nobody. And no one's going to talk about you after you die either. And so I think that's a comforting feeling to just live your life the way you want to live it with no judgment and don't care and not caring what anyone else says. That's just my two cents. I think on that topic, I am going through this sort of crust where it's weird, like over the last two, three years, I did the whole affirmation booklets, all the things I wanted. I wanted to build this massive company. I'd constantly be listening to Elon Musk interviews, Bill Gates interviews, and I was just in that space. And I was like, dude, like I want to hit it big in this one lifetime I have. And then 
as I'm realizing that I, I'm just losing this motivation and drive, I was like, did this exercise. I was like, if I have one day left, what will I do with that one day? If I had one week, one month, one year. And in like, if I had one year left, I'd be traveling the world, filming content, sharing positivity. Like I'd be just traveling and exploring. That's what I love doing. And all of a sudden I'm like a bit confused because this whole time I've been brainwashing myself to just be consistent, read every night, build this big company. sort of just small steps every day, consulting, do whatever I'm doing. But when I did that exercise, it just gave me a complete opposite answer. Then I think you should do it. That's the thing. Like if you, I think like you just answered your question. The only reason if you think about it outside of enjoyment is to make sure you can pay your bills, right? So the only reason you would do more work to make more money if you didn't enjoy it was because you wanted to get to a certain threshold of income. But once you get there, there's no point. Like I just had a friend who was making a ton of money. He shut his business down and he moved across the world and he wants to uh, DJ. I mean, dude, I'm not going to personally do that. Like I like music, but I'm not going to ever stop running companies. But that was for him. And that was just him auditing himself and saying, you know what? I've made enough money. I don't care about making more. I don't need to have a big team. I don't care about that. I just want to live my life and travel. And so for you, if that's the goal, as long as you can make enough to where you feel comfortable, that's probably what you should do. Because that the thing is, you have to understand, like, think about when you're 88 and you're about to die. Like, no one's going to care how much you make. In fact, I've had conversations with people who are like, yo, how much money have you done? And I was like, oh, I've done about 50 million in the last four years. And they're like, cool. And then they asked me another question. I'm like, bro, like, aren't you impressed? Aren't you impressed with me? Right. But no one cares. It's just we think people care, right? And so that's the other thing is I've gotten in a much better place once I realized I said, you know what? I don't need other people's approval. I actually like this. I enjoy it. I do get competitive, right? So my team or if someone says something to me, I will get competitive and I'm like, I'll show you I can do this type deal. But at the end of the day, that's not the main driving factor anymore. It's because I just genuinely enjoy growing companies. I enjoy the personal growth and that gives me satisfaction. And I feel like the stuff I do like to do, I can do in moderation while I do it, right? But if you're feeling called to like travel the world and do content and build a YouTube channel or whatever it is you want to do, at the end of the day, you'll be grateful if you just take the risk and jump and do it. Because when you're 80, you're not going to care. You know, you're not going to look back and say, man, I'm so glad I built that company. I fucking hate it. You're just going to be glad. Hey, I'm glad I took that opportunity. And even if it doesn't work out, that's not the point. That's the other thing. People live in fear and they think that's the point. If I try to build a billion dollar company and I fail, it does not matter because the whole point was the journey between where I am and where I was trying to go. It's not getting to a billion because you're not going to feel any different. Right? So for you, it's the same thing. Like if your goal is to travel the world, let's say you're worried about Oh, like, is it going to work? Like, can I monetize it? Whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter because the journey is like where you're going to feel all the fulfillment and the growth. It's not the destination. And it sounds cliche, but I can just tell you from personal experience now, I used to be the guy when people said that stuff, I was like, oh yeah, you're just broke. That's why you said that. Shut up. You're poor. You're, you're old. Like whatever I would say. And now that I'm kind of on the other side, it's like, there's a lot more wisdom in those words. Two things I want to get your thoughts on. Yeah. Cause yeah. like. I don't know if it's just the brainwashing I did on myself or everything I'm surrounded by, but 
like two, three years ago, I was like pretty confident that like in the next 60 years, I could build a billion dollar company if I just kept at it and didn't give up. Yeah. And then now, I don't know if it's because I'm going through a slump. Maybe the, I just haven't gotten enough sleep over the last two weeks. But I'm just like, I don't know if that's what I really want to do. Like there isn't enough motivation or drive to push me. Like if I had to achieve that goal, I'd be eating glass every day. I'd be really pushing and forcing myself to make that happen because yeah. I know I, I think I have what it takes to achieve it. But I don't know if it'll be fun. And then the sure. second part is, do you have like different mindsets when you're sort of like let's say you have lack of sleep for two weeks versus you've had an, a lot of sleep over two weeks are there two sides of you where you're like i want to be a billionaire no not really based because it's a mindset thing it's a good question yeah so the first one again is i think the richest people on earth enjoy what they do I really believe that like Warren Buffett, I truly believe he loves investing. He loves it. I think he'd do it no matter what. I think Elon Musk, he loves what he does. I, I believe that. So I truly believe deep down for you, if you don't enjoy like the grind or like what you're going to have to go through, then that is part of your answer. And, and to be frank, a billion is a lot of fucking money, man. Right? Like even think about being a multimillionaire compared to a billionaire. It's just, it's just the level of the game is completely different, right? If you do want to be a billionaire, the first thing you, that I've learned from having a lot of conversations with affluent people in my transition now is it's more about the vehicle than the work. So that's what I'm saying. You can work as hard as you want and you're never going to make like a coaching company get to a billion, probably. Like I'm sure that there, maybe there's one out there, but I doubt it. I haven't seen it. Right. But if it's a tech company or it's like a direct to consumer product or, you know, whatever, then now you have a shot. You got to give yourself a shot to hit the grand slam. Right. If you're not even like if you don't even have a bat, you can't possibly do it. So I think that's number one. And you just got to audit yourself. You're just, like if you don't enjoy it, there's no shame in that. And and maybe you feel pressure from your family or your friend. But I'll just be honest again. It doesn't fucking matter, man. Like they don't care. Like they don't care. And you shouldn't live your life for anyone else. Number two is a hundred percent. Like there's days where I'm like, fuck it. Like I've had enough. I need a break. I need to go to bed, but I just know it's like a momentary feeling. And I think one thing you need to do is you need to recognize if it's momentary. And if it is, you need to push through it. Cause the problem with society, in my opinion, is everyone's soft, right? Like I say one thing about working hard and everyone falls apart. Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to work hard. You don't have to do that. You can have work-life balance. It's like, no, you can't. If you want extreme levels of success, you cannot live a balanced life. Like there is no such thing. And I don't even believe in balance anyways. I believe if you're doing what you love, why does there need to be balance, right? If you love shooting photography and you do it 12 hours a day, that is balance for you. You love it. So I think for you, it's just, it's the number one thing is like, if you want to get to a billion, make sure you're in the right vehicle and make sure that's what you really want. If it is, then understand that feelings are temporary. And I just tell people to ignore their feelings. And what I mean by that is people get caught up like, I'm tired, I'm angry, I don't feel good, I'm stressed out. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, are you only gonna do what you're supposed to do when you feel good or are you willing to do things even when you don't? And that's what I think is the difference between successful people, ultra successful and everybody else. Because dude, I get up and I do exactly what I'm supposed to do every single day because that's what I know I'm supposed to do. And it doesn't matter if I feel good, right? Like, let's say we have this podcast scheduled 
And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I had a long day. I got up at 4.30. I'm just going to cancel. It, it just, if you're going to keep doing that throughout your life, you're the, the human brain is very powerful and it looks for patterns. And so when you do something, it goes, oh, when that happens, he does this. So it's okay. I'm going to do it again. And so I just think just like you have to like good habits form, bad habits can form as well. And so I just don't really, I don't even care how I feel. It, it's irrelevant. And that's why I think the problem is with human society is they think it matters how they feel and it does not. And it's irrelevant and you shouldn't, and you should ignore it. And some people will say, again, like I say some stuff that's politically incorrect, but I don't give a fuck. That's how I feel. And I think that's why some people don't get to where they're at. They look at me and they say, oh, you got lucky or this or that. It's like, no, I didn't. Like I did what I was supposed to do every day for seven years and you didn't. That's where you are, where you are and I'm where I'm at. And it's not to say I'm better or they're worse or anything like that. I just think when you have goals, the goal doesn't care how you feel. You either do what's required or you don't. And I'm just like, I don't know. There's just a fire inside me that like, I want to be the best I can be. And so I do what I'm supposed to do every single day. And when you do that long enough, you can't lose, bro. And so to go back to what you said, if, if you stick with something long enough, you could be a billionaire if you're willing to sacrifice what it takes, but you have to decide if it's worth that because it is a sacrifice. You just have to decide the sacrifice is worth it. And it may not be worth it. And there's no shame in that. There's 500 billionaires on earth. It, you don't have to be one to have a good life. So those are great questions. But those are my thoughts. All those ultra successful people, do they go through momentary downs where they're like, maybe I should just pack it up and just live the rest of my life happy, but they all push through it? Or do they just not have that? I think everyone has that moment. A hundred percent. I actually, it's actually funny you brought him up. So again, I'm friends with Alex Ramosi and uh, when he was building gym launch, I remember he got to a point, he's like, bro, I'm, I'm taking home a million plus a month. You know, like, what's the point of me even trying anymore? Like, I really don't have motivation. And I just think you have to really audit yourself. Like, I think everyone has moments of doubt, insecurity, fear, but you just have to really audit, like how you feel and what's important to you. And it's okay if you don't know it first. Like he, he told me it took him like two years to figure out he wanted to do acquisition.com. So you don't have to, like, if you're feeling you're uncertain, you don't have to figure it out today or next week or next month. Maybe it takes you a year. Maybe it takes you two, maybe it takes you longer. But I, but I think eventually with enough maturity and like understanding, you will figure it out and you will know for me, it took me, it took me two years. So you have to understand after I was doing a million a month, I basically lost all motivation for a while. I was like, what does it matter if I make 2 million or 3 million or 4 million or five? It doesn't matter. And so I went through that cycle. And then on the other end of it, two years later, I was like, you know what? It's not about the money. It's about the growth. And that's what got me back in the game. And I started growing again. I started being motivated. So I just think you have to find like what makes you tick inside. And you have to really ask if no one cares what I do, then what would I do? Cause I know like a lot of, I know a lot of my friends or a lot of people that get pressured by parents or family or society. And ultimately you're going to be very unhappy at the end of your life. If you do things for other people, you can't, I, I just like so against that. My parents, for an example, are very religious. They raised me very religiously. I'm not active. They would love more than anything that I was active, but I just made a conscious decision that I said, you know what, this will disappoint my parents but I am not gonna do something. I don't feel like I'm gonna give it 100%. So I'm not gonna do it. And it 
it may or may not be the right decision, but it was the right decision for me. With your current businesses, what aspects of it do you enjoy? Like, do you really love sitting in front of the camera, creating content? Do you really love building out sales funnel and training your salespeople? Do you really yeah. love going through a bunch of interviews or are you doing that because you love growing and that's the vehicle to get that growth? Yeah, I think there's a lot of shit I do that I don't like, but it's just part of it, right? It's part of the game. I love the growth, but the growth to get growth, you have to do interviews, you have to train, you have to do content. Like even content's new to me. If you look at like the last five years, I haven't really done a lot of content. I mean, most of the stuff I do, it's very like, buy my shit, buy my shit, buy my shit. Now it's kind of changing. Like I would never have done this. If you had asked me like a couple of years ago, even a year ago, I would have told you no, probably hundred percent, right? But it's changing. And so why am I changing? Because that's what's gonna get me to my next goal. So I don't enjoy everything I do, but it's like working out, it's delayed gratification. I work out because I like the result, not because I enjoy going to the gym at five in the morning. And a lot of people are so tied to short-term gratification, right? And they, they can't control their impulses, which is why they're not successful. It's like, you just have to have impulse control, but you have to just go to the gym. Even if you don't feel like it, you have to do the work, even if you don't feel like it. So there are things I enjoy. Like I, I do enjoy growing the team. I enjoy seeing results. I enjoy seeing client wins. Um, but yeah, I'd be lying to you if I said I enjoyed everything, but that's what makes it worth it, right? Like you don't look back and say, man, that was so easy. God, that was so worth it. It was so easy. I didn't even have to try. You look back, you're like, fuck, that was so hard, but it was so worth it. And I think that's what makes it fun because it is hard. And that's like where the growth comes. Like if you don't have an obstacle, you can't possibly grow. That's beautiful. Tell me a bit about your next chapter town. Like what's the plan after you sort of get the CEO, manage elite CEOs, what's the next chapter you reckon? Yeah, so it'll be hard. Uh, I, I've been told multiple, by multiple people to take like a one to two month sabbatical. So I'm gonna go over to Europe or Asia and just not work. I'm gonna read, I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna talk to whoever I want to, but I'm not gonna work and kind of work on the big idea. And then I'm gonna come back and execute. So I don't know what the next thing is. Um, but I definitely want to do something else and I want to do something that can get really big and I'm going to probably pour everything into it like I did this first company and see where it can go. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the immediate future. So after New Year, I'm going to take a vacation. I haven't taken a vacation in like five years. It's going to be hard for me. I already know it. That's why I'm going over to Asia and Europe. So like I can't talk to my team as much. <laughs> But that's what that's what I've been told to do. And they said, you'll get a lot of clarity if you can just step back and a lot of your thoughts will come because when you're in the business and you're working, you can't be quite as creative and vice versa. And so I think getting away from the company and just like being able to think and like read and like, you know, watch videos or whatever I want to do is going to give me a lot of that bandwidth back. Quick question. How did you go about finding your CEO? Like, how do you find someone? that has a sales knowledge, funnel knowledge, marketing knowledge, hiring knowledge, like everything. Cause like they'll have to be you. And if they're you, they're basically an entrepreneur and they'll be off doing their own thing. Yeah. Well, two things. So first one, my cheat code is this CEO is my brother. So I looked out there. Number two is if you're going to go find a CEO, you have to give them upside, right? So, you know, there's a lot of people who have entrepreneurial tendencies, but they don't want to run their own business. So if you can help someone make 30, 40, 50,000 a month, that's a lot 
more than they can usually make on their own and they don't have to deal with the risk right because when you run the company you have risk of lawsuits you know you could go bankrupt payroll you know stuff can happen when you're just running the company you're basically have no risk but you have a big paycheck every month and then you get the upside so if i had to go out and find someone who wasn't my brother you just have to make sure they understand the upside and you give them that upside so they're they're incentivized to grow it because otherwise it's like what you said they're like well i'll just go do my own thing because there's no benefit to me being here but you know if someone can make you know three to five hundred thousand dollars a year there's a lot of people out there who are willing to do that um without all the risk because they're like hey i'm gonna make really good money i know it's coming in um i'm running the company for sure but i don't own it so i don't have any of the downside and that's kind of like why they like it and there's there's a lot of people out there who will do it you just have to be willing to pay top dollar you know if you're looking for a ceo and you want to pay them five grand it's like that's not going to work you know they're, they're people with the skills you need at that level are more uh hard to find which is why you have to pay a lot more because there's just less of them that's beautiful Tanner, where can people find more about what you do, get knowledge from you? Where's the best place for people to follow you? Yeah, YouTube would be great. I'm, uh, I'm really trying to go hard on YouTube. Uh, we, I spent like four or five hours today, like part of my like YouTube homework. Uh, so YouTube would be great, man. I'm, I'm really gonna try this next year to like put my heart and soul into my content. Um, the last like five years, I haven't really tried hard. I've just kind of put stuff out to put stuff out, but I really want to kind of change that. That's why I'm doing more podcasts and interviews and things of that nature so youtube would be great and then uh feel free to tell me if my videos suck and what i need to do better because i'm i'm all about that thank you so much for your time today tana i really appreciate it. i just love how real raw you are straight to a point you're able to cut through the bs you're able to sort of yeah and and, and you're just yourself you're just like chill and, and i just love that about <laughs> you thanks man i appreciate it and uh yeah hopefully it helps someone and there's no other way to be than yourself you just speak your truth and people will like you or hate you but that's all that matters thank you so much tanner if you guys made it this far i really appreciate it. i want to thank you if you guys made if you guys watched till the end let me know your thoughts please leave me a review on spotify and apple i really want to get feedback on what i can improve on what i can do better on if i'm doing good i'd love to hear that um, but yeah thank you so much for watching the podcast and i'll see you guys next week with another episode peace